time to preview week two of the NFL season. I mean, we've got all the excitement of week one in the books. Uh, we probably have all of the overreactions of week one coming up here uh, over the next hour or so, but we're so excited to be here. Uh, you know, I mean, the Dallas Cowboys, yeah, they lost. It was only by two. It was, it was a lot better. Uh, Ryan, the Patriots, they lost by one. So, you know, it's closer. Uh, but Eric, you can look like you were going to go for your Bengals tie that you guys do every year, and you guys managed to pull it out in overtime. What Was that the most surprising thing from week one? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I was real excited for them to find a way to put together a 500 season, maybe, in a 17-game schedule. So definitely thought it was a tie. I'll take the win. Um, and we now play the Bears, and that doesn't seem all that. You know, 2-0 record seems possible against Andy Dalton. So let's do this. We're uh, headed for the playoffs, Bengals in the playoffs, 2021. I am so, so proud that you're already setting yourself up for such massive disappointment. I uh, expected nothing less from, uh, from you, Ryan. Um, you know, I know you guys didn't get the win in the Alabama bowl, but uh, how are you feeling about the way the Patriots looked out there? I was feeling pretty good. Uh, Mac Jones is the second coming of Tom Brady. You heard it everywhere this week. It, I was, was going to say you heard first. it here first, but it, nope. it, you definitely have heard it before right now, but yeah, I'm feeling pretty good as a Pats fan getting the loss sucked, but it was a couple fumbles that led to it, but I'm looking forward to the rest of the season for sure. All right. Awesome. And uh, we're recording this on Wednesday evening. Uh, you're probably listening to this on Thursday, which means that our sit start article is up on the website. Every single player, every single game is going to be on our website, QBList.com. You can find uh, basically uh, we're not going to be able to get to everyone today. Uh, we're going to get to as many players as we can. But if we don't get to your player or if you wanted some more additional context, head to our website, uh, go through the sit start article. Again, we'll have every player in there. Um, so you'll be able to see that. Um, real quick, let's do a quick teaser before we get into the meat of this. Uh, let's talk about two players that you're surprisingly sitting. So, guys, you probably drafted to be a starter, and you just can't start them this week. Eric, let's start with you. Uh, I've got three, actually. I've got both Tampa Bay running backs against Atlanta and Jarvis Landry. Yeah, I mean, it's not not too surprising with Tampa Bay as they didn't really perform against the Cowboys defense and uh, I'm not sure Atlanta's defense is that much worse than ours, but you did draft them to probably be a flex. So definitely tough there. And Landry after the week that he just had and the Odell Beckham Jr. News, which we'll get to definitely hear that. Ryan, who are you sitting this week? Uh, yeah, I'm sitting Mike Davis and James Robinson, or at least I would be if I had him on any rosters, but I don't. But you should sit him. I, I feel so seen because I think I at least have one team where I, I drafted Mike Davis everywhere. And I think I have at least one team where I, I started with Robinson and Davis as my running backs. And I don't, I don't like to hear that. Um, who are two players that you're surprisingly starting this week? Ryan, we'll, we'll go back to you. Sure. So you're firing up Mike Williams and you're also starting Devonte Smith. That's good news for all of the, you know, tens of thousands of people who added Mike Williams this week. I think he was the fifth most added wide receiver on Yahoo. Eric, who are you starting this week? Those are actually the two that came to mind first for me, but I will go with a couple deep threats, uh, Hollywood Brown and uh, Brandon Cooks. I'll be starting both of them. Yeah, Brown was surprisingly under-rostered in Yahoo Fantasy. I think he was like at 70% roster ship. So there's uh, a lot of people who weren't buying into him this year and 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 are now. Uh, he looked pretty good in, in week one uh, against the Raiders. But hey, still, uh, cool. Let's talk about some news and notes. Uh, quite a bit of stuff has happened over this past week. A lot of it in San Francisco. So we'll start there. Um, Raheem Mostert's season is over uh, almost before it began. He had all of like two carries, um, but he's going to have season-ending knee surgery. They have signed on Johnson, and they claimed Trenton Cannon off waivers. So, you know, uh, definitely some uh, real, you know, signs of support there for Trey Sermon. 
Uh, they really clearly believe in who they already have. Uh, how how does this affect how you feel about the, about the San Francisco backfield? Are you confident at all in rostering Elijah Mitchell or Trey Sermon, Eric? Yeah, I'm actually really confident in both of them. I mean, I, this week, no, I don't know who's going to play. It may be a weekly, weekly, you know, roster decision you got to deal with. But I don't think these signings mean a whole lot. Um, Mostert's out for the year. Jeff Wilson's already hurt. I know we're already kind of like saying, hey, Wilson's going to be back soon. He'll provide competition. But he's already had a pretty major injury. So this is just depth. They don't want to end up like the Ravens. And uh, turns out they stole someone from the Ravens. So that's funny. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Shanahan said, uh, by the way, on Jeff Wilson, uh, he said that they're hoping Jeff Wilson Jr. will be back in November. Uh, So that's not what I wanted to hear when I picked him up in pretty much every league that I had an open IR spot. Uh, But, you know, it's an open IR spot. It cost me nothing. I still think uh, you should add Jeff Wilson Jr. if you have uh, any available spots and then probably drop him in three weeks when you have to (laughs) use that IR spot for someone else. Uh, Shanahan also said, speaking on Brandon Ayuk, that if he wants to be out there every single play, He's got to be a lot better than the guy behind him. Now, that was the quote that was going around everywhere. That doesn't sound good. Uh, but in the context of the full quote, he also said that uh, Ayuk still has a chance to get that spot and not rotate with Trent Sheffield as much. Uh, he just doesn't want to make that very easy. Uh, Sheffield, that is. So the next three days are very important in practice. He's happy with Ayuk. It's not that Shanahan's not happy with him, but it's happy. he's happy with Trent as well. Ryan, how – I mean, Shanahan's one of those coaches that, like, you can't – trust anything that he says and it's so frustrating but uh how do you feel about brandon Ayuk now based on that information yeah i was gonna say i think you're better off just pretending like that didn't come out of his mouth because you're only gonna overthink it one way or the other um with Ayuk, he was a really productive player as a rookie we don't really see guys just drop off the face of the earth after seasons like he had So I wouldn't be starting him this week if I can at all help it, but you've got to keep him on your roster. And that was, sorry, that was Trent Sherfield. I, that R turned into an F in my brain because it looks so similar and I've never heard Sherfield as a last name. Uh, Yeah. And Ryan, you have Brandon Ayuk ranked at 42. So definitely uh, out of the starting range for you, Eric, you've got him at 25. So a little bit more optimistic. Yeah, I'm trying not to overreact to week one too much. And I mean, hey, I've got a theory here. Uh, They've got a 17-game season now. Shanahan's, you know, he's being cautious. This is like the first preseason game. They were playing the Lions. Let's take it easy. Send a couple messages. We'll bench a couple of our stars. Uh, Maybe that doesn't make much sense here. But uh, it's a long season, so I could see these coaches trying to take it easy on some of these running backs. So, um, And then Ayuk, he's just too talented. Um, So I'm not going to freak out about him. As long as he's in the lineup, I'm playing him. All right, and that makes a little bit more sense now. George Kittle must have been in on that message, and as he uh, clearly fumbled that uh, onside kick on purpose uh, to give the Lions <laughs> that little bit of hope that Shanahan wanted to crush out. What a wild game, by the way. I, I couldn't believe what I was seeing there in Detroit. Maybe the Lions uh, aren't completely dead, and they'll get some points in garbage time. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. is going to miss week two. He's still recovering from the torn ACL that he suffered in week seven of last season. Um, it's what kept him out uh, in week one. It looked like he... We're, I mean, there's so many reports coming out before week one of, is he going to play? Oh, he's going to play, but only 25%. Other people saying, no, he's totally fine. Um, what's the long-term outlook, Eric, for Odell Beckham Jr.? He's being ruled out five days in advance. Yeah, it's not a good sign. Um, I mean, obviously, he's not on IR, so that's promising. Uh, but they've been awfully quiet about this and yeah, just ruling them out this early. I don't like it. I was already a little worried about him just kind of getting back up to, you know, game conditioning and full speed and getting those 10 targets we hope to get for him. So this drops him way down the rankings even before he was ruled out. And 
I wouldn't expect much out of him for a few weeks. And I just, I don't know. I don't know if he's going to be the same player this year. We'll see. But um, it's been a long time since we've seen Pete Odell Beckham. Yeah. Uh, Cleveland Browns Odell Beckham has, has not been the most fun ride. Um, the Raiders lost right guard Denzel Good to a torn ACL during their win over the Ravens. Um, and now left guard Richie Incognito also mispracticed with a calf injury. They're dealing with a whole bunch of new starters on their line. Um, it's like that week last year where the entire offensive line was missing from COVID, except now it's for the whole season. Uh, Ryan, how concerned are you about the Raiders offense with these injuries? I mean, with guard injuries, you always have to be concerned about the running game. Um, and I was already pretty concerned about Josh Jacobs. He managed to get a couple touchdowns to save his fantasy score on Monday night. But the usage versus Kenyon Drake didn't look very promising. So I'm not all that bullish on him. Are you are you starting Josh Jacobs this week against Pittsburgh? I'm sitting him if at all possible. All right. Uh, Ravens head coach John Harbaugh said they have four running backs in the mix and will play all those guys moving forward. It was kind of like a vague enough statement that that might mean Devontae Freeman gets four touches like six weeks from now. But the point being is that they do feel that with these four guys, they have they all have a role. Um what does this mean for Tyson Williams? Like, how are you taking that statement for Tyson Williams moving forward? Yeah, I mean, I thought Tyson Williams looked really good uh, for, you know, kind of a running back coming out of nowhere. He's the one I want to get the work, but, you know, there were some issues. There were some exchanges on handoffs that didn't go so well, uh, maybe some pass blocking stuff. And that, those are real concerns. So I'm worried now. I'm not so worried about Bell and uh, Freeman. I just think they're kind of over the hill, but um, there are enough names here. It's becoming a concern. Uh, there was a while where I wanted to roster Tyson Williams and Latavius Murray and see what what would ha- shake out here. Um, I, I think it's at the point maybe you just pick one and hope for the best because I don't want to clog my roster with too many of these Ravens running backs. Well, you're probably – Tyson Williams and Latavius Murray are both owned in pretty much uh, every league. Right. Um, are you – you're holding on if you have either one of them. Uh, are you holding on to both if you have, if you're the guy that has both? That, that's what I'm saying. It's getting tough to do that. Just if they really do start rotating in four backs, um, the, the upside's not there. So I think I would pick one. I think I would t- pick Tyson Williams. Honestly, he has the most juice. Hope for the best. And I just I don't know if Latavius Murray is going to have that one B role. We hoped if they start rotating everyone else in. All right. And then on our Discord server, uh, JDE Falcon asked, what went into your Tyson Williams ranking? You have him at RB31 this week. How much of that was the backfield situation? How much of it was him basically disappearing in the second half? And by the way, you mentioned, you know, uh, issues in pass block. He pretty much was responsible for the fumble on Lamar Jackson. That was a horrific uh, attempt at at blocking the outside rusher. Uh, And the fact that they're playing Kansas City this week, who, um, you know, it's possible that uh, the Ravens aren't running much this week. Yeah, that all went into it. He would have been a lot higher, I think, before that second half. I was kind of penciling in my rankings as it went, and then I had to drop him down. So that was a a, a part of it, less so the news today about the four running backs. But a big part is the Chiefs. I mean, they're going to be throwing a lot to keep up with the Chiefs. If this was against the Jaguars, I'd say, yeah, fire up Tyson Williams. But this game script is not going to play into him super well, even though he can catch the ball. Um, But it's just not that smash spot with a couple touchdown potential that I think we're looking for. So that's why I kind of like Hollywood Brown over Tyson Williams this week. Oh, interesting. Uh, Ryan, would you also start Hollywood Brown over Tyson Williams? I would start Tyson. And the reason for that is I just think there's a better chance of him scoring a touchdown. I, yeah, obviously the game script probably isn't what we want, but it doesn't seem like Hollywood can be a super like consistent option. I mean, mm-hmm. he looked I will 
I will admit he looked pretty good against the Raiders, but we don't really know what's going to happen against the Chiefs. That's definitely a tougher secondary than the Raiders. Um, I, I've got Hollywood in the flex range this week as well, but I'm going to lean the running back unless we start hearing more negative news about the committee that's developing in Baltimore. All right. Uh, and then head coach of the Jaguars, Urban Meyer, said that they need to get James Robinson more involved. Duh. Um, <laughs> yes, please. Uh, I also thought it was funny this week uh, after USC's horrific loss and they fired their head coach. I don't, I don't follow college football, so I don't know who the head coach was. But uh, there were reports on whether Urban Meyer would be interested as well as Eric Bieniemy. I just want to say it would be really cool if Urban Meyer took the USC job and then Eric Bieniemy finally got the head coaching job that he's I just that, you know, let's just do that. That would be great. Yes, I mean, um, we could even do that this season. Who cares? Free uh, Trevor, free Trevor. So, uh, Ryan, you've got for us the best quarterback, tight end and defensive streamers of the week for people who did not, you know, really pay up for those guys in the draft and are kind of piecing it uh, week by week. Who are you streaming at quarterback this week? Uh, for the record, that's uh, players who are under 50 percent rostered on Yahoo. Yeah. So first, I would look at Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, he gets a really nice matchup against the Jaguars defense. You saw what the Texans just did to them. Uh, the team has an implied total of nearly 26 points. That's something we like to see when we're streaming quarterbacks. And he's got some nice weapons. Um, I wouldn't be starting him over guys you drafted highly, but if you were starting someone like Tua or Jimmy G last week, you can go ahead and fire him up. And then similar with Jared Goff, he's another option. Garbage time counts. He had 57 attempts last week. He was the QB4. DeAndre Swift, Jamal Williams, and TJ Hawkinson were getting it done, even when the wide receivers weren't. So pretty similarly, I think you can start Jared Goff above the guys you were streaming last week, at least. All right. Uh, and then at tight end, who do you have? Sure. So at tight end, first and foremost, we've got Jared Cook. Uh, he went out and commanded eight targets last week. And this game total against the Cowboys, the Chargers are implied 29 points in a 55 point over under game. I've got Cook ranked at tight end 13. I would actually start him over guys like Gerald Everett or Jonu Smith that you might have drafted. And then another option that, that might be more available would be David Njoku, actually. So the Browns are probably going to be in a favorable game script. They're favored by like 12 and a half points or something like that. So David Njoku has a great chance to catch a touchdown this week. Uh, he didn't play quite as many snaps as Austin Hooper, but he did have 39% of his team's air yards. So I like David Njoku over someone like Hunter Henry, um, and even just as a stash to see what happens in Cleveland with their tight end situation. All right, would you start uh, Jared Cook? I know you mentioned the Johnny Smith. What about uh, over Hunter Henry? Yes, I would start Cook over Hunter Henry as well. What about um, someone that people picked up a lot, Jawan Johnson? Yes, I would start either Cook or Njoku over Juwan Johnson. You can't completely rely on the touchdowns. He only had three targets and he only played 12 snaps. I'm actually more bullish on Adam Troutman than I am on Juwan Johnson. Okay, well then would you start Jared Cook or Adam Troutman? <laughs> I would still start Jared Cook over Adam okay. Troutman. Cool. And then I noticed both of you have Mike Kosicki pretty low in your rankings and consensus is, is low on him as well. So um, based on the rankings, both of you would start Jared Cook over Mike Kosicki. Uh, what about a defense? Who is the streamer this week? Uh, yeah. So the first streamer that I have this week is Green Bay. I know you're probably terrified that that just came out of my mouth after watching <laughs> what happened to them last week. But they are only rostered in 22% of Yahoo leagues. They're a 10 and a half point favorite at home against Detroit. 
yes, garbage time could come in. The Lions could put some points up. But in general, the process for streaming defense is we want heavily favored teams at home. So you can fire up Green Bay this week. All right, cool. Uh, we've got a couple sit start questions from our Discord server. Uh, just to recap, sorry, real quick. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater and Jared Goff at quarterback. Uh, Jared Cook and David Njoku at tight end and Green Bay for your defense. Um, so from our Discord server, uh, to join the Discord server and get your questions on the podcast, go to uh, pitcherlist.com slash plus, join PL plus. You get access to the, uh, not just the pitcher list side of things, but also the QB list side of the Discord. And you have access to all of us can ask us your sit start questions really all the way up until Sunday morning when you're setting your lineups or Sunday afternoon for you East Coasters. Um, sorry, you don't get to wake up and have football on right away. But, you know, it's, 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 it's a nice perk. Um, all right. JDE Falcon, uh, he wants to know in his half PPR league, Elijah Mitchell or Tyson Williams for their flex spot. Um, they do have Lamar Jackson as well. Uh, so in case that two running back stack makes a difference with uh, Lamar and Tyson. Yeah. I like Elijah Mitchell. Um, I've got him RB 26 and I've got Tyson, like we mentioned, RB 31. I I'm pretty certain that Elijah Mitchell is at least going to split the snaps here with Trey Sermon, get some work. He looked good last week. The Niners put up a lot of points. Um, I, I just think there's more of a chance for Tyson Williams that, you know, he misses a block and he's on the bench or they fall behind to the chiefs. So um, I, I like Elijah Mitchell more than Tyson Williams this week. Uh, and then Sage in a full PPR league has Mike Evans or Debo Samuel for their flex. Um, they also already have DK Metcalf and Cooper Cup as their two wide receivers. So probably not sitting one of those two. Um, Ryan, would you start Mike Evans or Debo Samuel? Uh, yeah, so I'm going to have to go Mike Evans here. I loved what I saw from Debo Samuel last week. But I mean, against the Falcons, this is a high game total. Once again, you can't panic on Mike Evans yet. These receivers are going to have differing target shares all year. So you got to fire up Mike Evans over Debo Samuel. All right, cool. And we're going to get uh, started on the players now. It's the sit start. We're doing things a little bit differently this week. I'm going to try something different so that we can maybe get some more uh, analysis time for the players that we really you know, need to be talking about. So we're going to be talking about them in terms of uh, position as opposed to uh, covering each game. Um, I am going to buck that real quick for one. We're going to do one game first. We're going to do Thursday Night Football uh, just because that's a decision point you have today um and just remember you know all of our sit start recommendations are for 12 team ppr leagues so just keep that in mind uh if you're like in a standard scoring league or if you're a 16 team league or something like that so uh the new york giants are going to play the washington football team ryan fitzpatrick is going to miss six to eight weeks and so taylor heineke is going to be the starter uh value up down or the same for antonio gibson same uh i'll go same as well all right what about for terry mclaurin down Definitely down. And Logan Thomas. I think a spot or two down at tight end. Yeah, I'd agree. A touchdown just for scoring potential. Okay. So uh, Gibson is a must start then if, if his value hasn't changed. he's You guys are definitely firing him up for Thursday night football. Oh, yeah. I mean, we might even see more check down passes to him now. So he's just such a good athlete. I'm, I'm expecting him to break some big runs this year. Are we for sure starting uh, Terry McLaurin? Yeah, I think we are. I mean, I've still got him ranked at like wide receiver 18. You probably don't have more options better than him. He's still going to see a lot of volume, hopefully. And this giant secondary should be beatable. Yeah, I've got him wide receiver 22. He's like the first outside of my strong starter tier, um, but he's still a solid starter. So yeah, he, he's he's too talented to bench. Um, but if you're stacked at receiver, I, I suppose you could. But um, we, we've seen him do it with poor quarterback play before. Well, so here's some people that 
people, you know, there's could be some teams out there that have McLaurin as their second wide receiver, and they could have some combination of these guys. So just real quick for me, Antonio Brown or Terry McLaurin? I'm going Brown against the Falcons. I've got all the Buccaneers receivers in the top 20. Nice. Oh, man. Yeah, I'm going Terry McLaurin, but I guess I don't feel great about it. <laughs> okay. Uh, so they're pretty close for both of you. What about Debo or McLaurin? Debo. I got to go McLaurin again. Okay. Uh, rank uh, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, and Terry McLaurin. Uh, T. Higgins, Terry McLaurin, Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd. Okay. Uh, okay. So you're you're probably still starting Terry McLaurin, but uh, if you're a team that that went wide receiver heavy in the middle rounds, um, there's a chance that you you might have three wide receivers that you like more than Terry McLaurin. Um, and then for Logan Thomas, uh, you know, if you have to make that decision tonight, is there any chance that if you picked up like Gronkowski or Jared Cook, would you start either of them over Logan Thomas? No, I still have Thomas ranked ahead of them this week. Yeah, I All agree. Right. You're starting Thomas. Cool. Can we trust anyone in this Giants offense? <laughs> Not really. Uh, I mean, Saquon is a big concern right now. If it wasn't a short week, I'd say go for it. Okay, so we have to make that decision today. Um, if you picked up Elijah Mitchell or Tyson Williams, would you uh, bench Saquon Barkley and, and you know start one of them this weekend? Um, you know... I, it's definitely one I'm looking at up till kickoff. Um, I, I think I might lean Barkley just because of the talent, but I would be holding my breath the whole game. That's a long time to hold your breath. <laughs> yeah. I'd be dead. Yeah. Uh, uh, all right. What about uh, Ryan, Damian Harris or Saquon Barkley? Uh, I've got Damian Harris above him. Yesterday, I thought I would want to go Barkley, but I've changed my mind based on us not really hearing great news. So Damian Harris. I have Harris as well. It's a really good spot for him. Okay. And then uh, what about like the Denver running backs or uh, Saquon Barkley? You're going Saquon over the Denver running backs. I His workload's probably more locked in than theirs are. Okay. Um, cool. And then Kenny, like Kenny Galladay or most added wide receiver, I think fourth most added wide receiver, Sterling Shepard. Who are you ranking higher this week? I've still got Galladay ahead and I like Shepard. Yeah, agreed. I've got Galladay a few spots ahead. Okay. Um, so then Kenny Galladay or some of the other highly added wide receiver. Let's just do this. Uh, rank Mike Williams, Tim Patrick, and Kenny Galladay for this week. I've got a Williams, Galladay, Patrick. And I have it the same, Williams, Galladay, Patrick. Okay. So if you picked up Mike Williams, you can bench Kenny Galladay for him. Otherwise, uh, you're starting Galladay over some of the other guys like Sterling Shepard or Tim Patrick. He might have picked up. What about some guys who are drafted in the same range like Chase Claypool or Juju Smith-Schuster? Are you starting Galladay or them? Um, I have Claypool a couple spots ahead. Schuster is Smith-Schuster is right after Galladay. Okay. I also have them both ahead. Of All right. So it's a little, I mean, it's risky, but it's, you know, there's it's still someone that you, you might start both Barkley and Galladay, um, you know, maybe pinch your nose and, and start them and maybe don't hold your breath for the whole game. Um, <laughs> we cannot recommend that from a health perspective. So, you know, try try to breathe, um, you know, especially if you watch Saquon Barkley running East West as much as he does, uh, you know, just just breathe. It'll be OK. You know, it's just fantasy football. All right. Let's talk about the running backs for this week. Um I mean, some of these guys are no-brainers. You've got your must-starts, right? Your Christian McCaffrey's, Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara. You're firing them up every week. Um, I thought it was interesting that you guys both have Aaron Jones and Derrick Henry in your top 10 given their performance this past week. And not just their performance, but especially for Aaron Jones, like lack of usage. 
so you guys aren't concerned. Let's say Aaron Jones, Derrick Henry, and then also Austin Eckler, who got zero targets this past week. Um, rank them in terms of, of how concerned you are about them moving forward. Yeah, so I'm not all that concerned about Jones. Um, that that was just that game was a disaster all across the team. So I don't think you can put it on him. Um, he's playing the Lions this week. He's going to get right. Uh, I'm not concerned about Eckler either. That offense looked good, and they played a tough defense. So really, no concern with either of those two. Um, and Derrick Henry, there's always a little bit of concern for me. He's not a PPR asset. He's not going to catch passes. The team needs to have the lead. But man, running backs tough. Like I, I'm still starting Derrick Henry every week and expecting good things out of him. There aren't enough good options out there to worry too much about him. Yeah, I would echo that. I'm a little concerned about Derrick Henry season long just because that Titans team did not look good. They're probably going to be falling out of a lot of games, especially with that defense. But yeah, with how shallow running back is like you're still starting him every week until further notice. So. Okay, cool. So basically the must starts this week for you guys, McCaffrey, Cook, Kamara, Aaron Jones, Eckler, Derrick Henry, Najee Harris, Jonathan Taylor, Nick Chubb, Zeke, uh, who hopefully will do better against a uh, worse defense. Uh, Chris Carson, Joe Mixon, DeAndre Swift, Antonio Gibson, and David Montgomery. That's about 15 running backs that you're definitely starting uh, across whatever league that you're in. Um, pretty straightforward. Let's talk now that things get a little bit more interesting. Um, Eric, I noticed you have Chase Edmonds as RB17. Um, you're eight spots higher than consensus on him. Uh, why, why are we starting Chase Edmonds this week? I mean, the offense looked great, first of all. Um, he had the, the lead back role. He was involved in the passing game. I was not impressed with really anything the Vikings did last week against the Bengals. Um, you know, he's just in PPR leagues. He's going to catch passes, and he's got a little juice to him. And I, I don't know. I just – I really – I like the spot for him. Cardinals at home against a pretty bad defense overall. Um, fire him up. Uh, it's just any piece of this Kyler Murray offense other than A.J. Green and James Conner I'm excited about. All right, Ryan, you're you're also higher than consensus on Chase Edmonds, but a little bit lower than Eric. You have him at RB22. What what uh, cause for concern do you have about Edmonds that uh, Eric might not? I don't know that I have cause for concern. I just think I have guys that I like more, like Damian Harris. Kareem Hunt is going to be in a crazy high-scoring game more than likely. But, yeah, I don't have any issue with starting Chase Edmonds this week, and I think that his performance in a blowout, which shouldn't be his ideal game script from last week, is really encouraging. All right, and then you both have Daryl Henderson Jr. six spots above consensus uh, at RB16. Now, he does face a tougher defense, I I think anyway, a tougher run defense in Indianapolis than Chicago, and last week he finishes the RB13 in PPR League. So, um, you know, I, I... you guys have him at RB16. You feel pretty good about him, but uh, the rest of the industry doesn't as much. Yeah, I mean, that, that Rams offense just looked like a buzzsaw, and he got almost all the snaps. I know Michelle's going to factor in more as the season goes, but for now, he is the bell cow in a really good offense, and I'm a little down on the Colts anyway. I know they have a good defense, but I think the Rams are going to be able to put up points on anyone. Yeah, agreed. It's probably going to take Michelle a little bit, um, at least until we see him taking away significant snaps. I'm fully comfortable ranking Henderson inside like the top 16 18 guys yeah and i, I will right. say he only got one target so like that kind of we hope we get more than that but the touchdown potential is really good so i'm, I'm gonna chase it for a little while here all right so we're feeling pretty good or daryl henderson chase Edmonds. you guys have both have kareem hunt in your top 20 he's someone that gets a lot of sit start questions especially around like flex so let me ask you people who are thinking about flexing kareem hunt would you start kareem hunt or brandon cooks kareem hunt Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt or Devontae Smith? Hunt. Same, Kareem Hunt. 
Kareem Hunt or Antonio Brown. Ooh, now you're talking. Um, let's go Brown. That's a, just, just a fun matchup. I can't leave that on the bench. Uh, I'd still go Hunt. Okay. It's close. Yeah, I mean, that's also a fun matchup for Kareem Hunt as they play Houston. Uh, who, I mean, who knows? Maybe Houston surprised. Maybe they're the real deal. You know, maybe that was maybe that was the real Houston team we saw out there. Jacksonville was playing really well. Maybe, maybe that's the narrative we're going to need to start seeing after after week two. Um, you guys uh, have Damian Harris here, uh, both around running back nineteen. Not concerned about the fumble. I think it helps that Ramondre Stevenson also fumbled. Uh, it's, not, it's not like there's anyone really uh, nipping at his heels. Uh, Saquon Barkley, Miles Sanders. I think now we're starting to get into questionable territory, uh, maybe with like Clyde Edwards, Elair, and James Robinson. So let's start there with Ceh. Um, you know, Eric, you have him at running back twenty-two, six spots below consensus. You're probably starting Ceh if you have him, but um, give me your thoughts on Ceh against Baltimore. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm just, I'm still waiting for this passing game role to increase for CEH. I'm not that impressed with him as a runner. Um, he's only averaging four targets a game for his career. He only had three last week. Like just doesn't seem like there's a change in his role from last year to this year. So he's always going to be worth a start. He's an RB two. He's, he's going to give you points, but I'm just not that excited about starting him against a pretty good Ravens defense, even though, you know, that injury to Peters did hurt them. But, um, you know, I, I just, I can't rank him that high. I just don't see the touchdown potential and the passing game work just still isn't there yet. Uh, Ryan, you have him a lot closer to consensus at RB17. Are, is that a, a factor of you're excited by him uh, or is it just, you know, he kind of just ended up there? It's not so much I'm excited by him as this game's going to have a lot of points scored. So you are hoping for a touchdown, maybe multiple touchdowns. I'll say that his snap share was definitely improved. There wasn't like a Le'Veon Bell that was coming in and just stealing away 45% of the snaps from him. No other running back was targeted in the passing game either. So I think there's better days ahead for CEH, but I'm not like super high on his talent or anything. All right. And then in this questionable range of running backs is where we find ourselves with James Robinson, um, who you, Eric, have ranked at, at RB23, but also Elijah Mitchell and Tyson Williams are in this range. So let's play uh, let's play a game called James Robinson or. Uh, so it's gonna be, you might, might, uh, need some explaining as to how this works, but we'll see if you can pick it up on the first one. Uh, James Robinson or miles Gaskin Robinson by one spot, miles Gaskin. Oh, cool. You guys understand how this game works. Perfect. Okay. Uh, <laughs> James Robinson or either of the Denver running backs Robinson, either Denver running back, um, Elijah Mitchell or James Robinson Robinson Mitchell. All right, we're going to we're going to switch up the game. Elijah Mitchell or either the Baltimore running backs. Um, I've got Mitchell ahead of the Baltimore running backs. I have Mitchell ahead as well. All right. And then rank for me uh the Tampa Bay running backs, Elijah Mitchell, James Robinson. Those four guys. Uh James Robinson, Elijah Mitchell, Tampa Bay running backs. Uh Elijah Mitchell Ronald Jones, Fournette, James Robinson. Do we fight to the death now over James Robinson and Elijah <laughs> Mitchell or something? How does this work? Uh, yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Actually, I, I took all, all of what you just said, and, and depending on how the uh, finish goes, um, one of you will not be on this podcast next week. <laughs> I think that's just going to be the the thing. We're always going to find out who's not on the podcast next week. Last week, it was the guillotine finish. All of us are alive, so we're all still here on the podcast. <laughs> now it's going to be uh, Elijah Mitchell or James Robinson. So, uh, Ryan, you had Robinson pretty much at the back of, of every single list that I just threw at you. Um, you. It sounds like you're a lot more concerned about James Robinson than Eric is. 
Yeah, I'm very concerned. I mean, this was tweeted out by JJ Zacharyson earlier this week. Uh, James Robinson only had 35.7% of his team's rushing attempts last week. And last year, the lowest was 84.6% for him. So he really made a living off of this insane rushing volume last year. And he only had a 63% snap share as well. And even worse, it was a blowout environment, obviously, but he wasn't really being targeted over the other options that Trevor Lawrence had in Marvin Jones, LaVisca Chenault, and DJ Chark. So I don't really know when James Robinson is going to have a game script he can thrive in, especially if he's only going to get 35% of his team's rushes. Eric, uh, you had James Robinson pretty much at the top of every list that I just threw at you. So why why is uh, James Robinson going to be better than that? Uh, it's not that I'm excited about him, so don't don't get me that wrong, like wrong here. But I mean, he still did lead the backfield in touches. It was still pretty healthy. I think what was like 65% of the snaps. Um, it's a tough Denver defense for sure, but I think we can pencil into the lead work here. I'm trying not to completely overreact to week one on everything. Like I still think that Trevor Lawrence is a good, young, promising quarterback. Better days are ahead. I know Urban Meyer and this coaching staff looks pretty terrible, but uh, I think there are better days ahead for Robinson. And there's just a lot more concerns about the roles of these guys behind them that um, I'll kind of hope for the volume here, even if it's not what it was last year. All right. Um, now let's, I, we're getting into like running back 30 range here uh, to round out your top 30. We've got Leonard Fournette, Javante Williams, and Ronald Jones. So Josh Jacobs, you both have uh, uh, Eric, you have him at 30, Ryan at 28, uh, Mike Davis after that at, at 32 and 33 respectively. And then we're starting to get into like the Jamal Williams, Devin Singletary, Trey Sermon, uh, James White range. So guys, you, you probably don't really want to start um, I know that, uh, you had Mike Davis listed as a surprising sit. I think you also had, uh, uh, Ryan, that was, uh, you had Mike Davis there and I think, oh no, you did not have Josh Jacobs, but I think that's a surprisingly low, uh, ranking for Josh Jacobs, Eric. So, you know, what are we looking for from these two guys to hopefully get them back on track as most people drafted them as, as their RB two? what are we watching for with Jacobs and Davis? I mean, th these matchups are just brutal. So that's the problem. I mean, I still think there's value in Mike Davis. He saw a lot of snaps. I still think he's going to catch passes. Uh, but against Tampa Bay, I mean, they're just going to throw the ball. You're just hoping for five catches out of them, I think. Um, and, and similar with Jacobs. I mean, against Pittsburgh, I guess it's kind of the inverse. But another really tough defense. And all Jacobs is going to do for you is – uh, work on the ground. And I, I just don't think they're going to get it done against the Steelers in Pittsburgh. I just, I expect this team to look a lot different from week one at home with a packed crowd to on the road in Pittsburgh week two at one o'clock in the afternoon. So um, I just, you know, you're hoping for touchdowns with Jacobs and Davis, you're really going to need that passing work because it's going to be hard to run against either of these teams, but long-term um, I think you can start them both. They're just lower right now for this matchup. Ryan, what about you? What are you looking for? Yeah, agreed. It's really just the matchups this week. Uh, and Jacob specifically, I don't know if you saw the blurb today, but he was <laughs> he was listed as having an injury to everything on <laughs> on on uh, on my feed today. So that's a little worrying. And especially with the split that we saw that he had with Kenyon Drake, I don't want to play him in a tough matchup like against the Steelers. Um, but I mean, in easy matchups, these guys can both be RB twos, but. The this isn't the week for it for either of them. All right. Well, Mike, uh, back to your point, Eric, about Mike Davis. He did have six targets last week, so that is promising. Hopefully that kind of target share can continue for him. Um, what of the rest of this group of guys that 
are probably rostered probably on your bench. Who who do you think has the best chance of skyrocketing up here next week? Who are you keeping an eye on? So um, we'll say, you know, really through like running back 45. So we're, we're talking Jamal Williams, Trey Sermon, James White, James Conner, Naeem Hines, who is uh, uh, added in a lot of leagues. Um, and then, you know, more your handcuff guy, AJ Dillon, Kenyon Drake, Latavius Murray, et cetera. Yeah. I mean, Trey Sermon's the clear one here. Uh, he's ranked 35 because I also, with Shanahan, I wouldn't be surprised if he played five snaps this week. But um, if he gets the lead role, uh, he is going to shoot up the rankings. He could look really talented. This could have just been sending a message to him, benching him last week. So Sermon, like if I was desperate at running back, I'd still throw him out there if I had to this week. There's a lot of upside. There's just just as much downside. That's the problem. Am I allowed to say Latavius Murray? I've got him at RB36. Yeah, yeah okay. absolutely. Yeah, I know we already talked about the Ravens running backs, but yeah, there's just a lot of volatility here. We really don't know what's going to happen and how this backfield's going to shake out. But if I'm looking down the list at guys that could potentially be clear starters a week from now, Latavius is probably who I'd pick. All right. And then I feel like we have to talk about Mark Ingram. Um, he was the second most added player uh, on Yahoo. Um, I mean, obviously he had a big game in week one uh, where I don't know if that's like all of the games, all of the runs that he has in him for all season. But, uh, wh- you know, why are you guys so much lower on Mark Ingram than, you know, the uh, transaction trends might suggest? Yeah, I mean, it was just the absolute perfect game for him last week. It still wasn't that exciting. I mean, I know he got a lot of carries, but he was under 100 yards. He got one touchdown. It's just, it's going to be really ugly. It's going to be low yards per carry. They're probably going to be trailing. And I mean, frankly, the Browns, after a really good loss to the the Chiefs, uh, I would expect them to take care of business against the Texans, just blow them out of the water. So I think it's going to be more David Johnson this week than Mark Ingram. Okay. And uh, you still don't have David Johnson ranked uh, no. very high. You have, a, you have him 10 spots lower than Mark Ingram. So maybe just, you know, still just, we're still staying away from this Houston uh, backfield. Same thing with uh, New York Jets backfield as well. I mean, just it, no, we did not see anything from either of them. Um, and definitely nothing in the way of, of like Ty Johnson taking over that backfield. Like some of us were hoping for, like I was hoping for it cause I drafted him late in every league. Um, all right, let's talk about wide receivers. I want to start with, uh, because there were a, a lot of different wide receivers who were added in a lot of leagues. Like I'm talking 200,000 plus leagues on Yahoo for some of these guys. So, um, are you firing up any of the following wide, uh, wide receivers this week? That's Christian Kirk, Tim Patrick, Sterling Shepard. Nelson Aguilar, Zach Pascal, or Mike Williams? Are any of them in starting range for you, Eric? Yeah, um, Mike Williams, absolutely. Um, I would feel pretty comfortable starting Sterling Shepard. I mean, he's more of a wide receiver flex. And you could talk me into Tim Patrick against the Jaguars. I'm I'm not ready to go back in on Christian Kirk yet. Okay. Uh, Ryan, what about you? Yeah, same with Mike Williams. I actually have him at wide receiver 26 this week. He commanded 12 targets, 30% of his team's air yards. Like, this is the same exact spot. I would compare it to Antonio Brown last week. This is the exact sort of process. He's got a cake matchup. Should be a really high-scoring game. Um, But the others, maybe as like a desperation flex, I can see throwing Tim Patrick in there. I can see throwing even Cedric Wilson in there. But yeah, the others you mentioned, I don't really want to start this week. Yeah, Cedric Wilson uh, was not added in a lot of leagues, but with Michael Gallup uh, on IR, there's a there's I mean, there's room there for a third wide receiver. We saw it with Gallup in the first half last week, got I think six targets or seven targets in the first half. So there's plenty of room to eat uh, in Dallas for sure. Um, So going into the rankings, I mean, we've got all the obvious 
characters as must starts. If you drafted a wide receiver in the first two rounds, you're still starting them. Yes, uh, Calvin Ridley is included in that. You should still start him. Um, really, I, I, there's not really anyone that drops too far down except for Allen Robinson, but even he's still in the starting range. Eric has him at wide receiver 18. Uh, Ryan, you have him at wide receiver 13. So, uh, I mean, I you can just say no. Do you have any concerns about Devontae Adams or Calvin Ridley after week one? No. No. Cool. Awesome. Uh, good. I drafted Calvin Ridley in a lot of leagues. <laughs> like to hear that, uh, especially when I prompt you to say that. So it works out perfectly. For me. <laughs> I mean, uh, I'd like to see the offense look a little better for sure. Uh, it could reduce his touchdowns, but he's still going to get a ton of targets. Yeah. Rogers will always look Devonte uh, Adams way. Uh, let's talk about the Tampa Bay wide receivers. Uh, I know that, you know, you all still have them ranked pretty high. Antonio Brown really skyrocketed up rankings uh, after that performance this week. Um, how are you ranking Godwin Evans and Brown? Or, or did I just do it? Yeah, you did it. Um, I'm still holding out hope with Evans, so I'm not dropping him too far. But it's hard to not put Godwin's ab- Godwin above him after that performance. He looked really good last week. Yeah, I have him the same exact Godwin Evans Brown. Um, I mentioned Allen Robinson dropped the furthest. Uh, he's you know, like I said, all the way down at wide receiver 18. Um, you know, going just six for 35. Like, how concerned are you? I mean, I know they're playing the Rams, uh, and Rams have a very good pass defense. But uh, and the Bengals do not. But yeah. but how concerned are you about the quarterback play there in Chicago? Yeah, that's it. I mean, Dalton's just going to check down. Uh, the older he gets, the more and more he checks down. So that's the concern. Big play threat kind of taken away. Um, I will say the Bengals are probably a little better set up to defend a primary receiver than they are like the second or third. Uh, we talked about Eli Apple. He got torched in week one uh, by the secondary receivers of the Vikings. So um, I think they kind of match up okay on number one receivers. And uh, that's I kind of like. We'll get to Darnell Mooney later. But um, no, Robinson's still fine. He's going to get a lot of work and good shot at a touchdown here. Yeah, you're starting right. Robinson. Might get a uh, Andy Dalton revenge game here this week. That's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> cool. And we we talked about Terry McLaurin already. When At what point in your rankings do you feel like you're starting to get to, I'm not positive that I want to start this guy, but I, I'm, you know, this is where I have him ranked. Like with running backs, it looked like that was probably about running back 22. With wide receiver, I mean, you know, I'm going pretty far down the list. Uh, Will Fuller at 27, Cortland Sutton at 30. Are we starting to get kind of in that questionable range? Yeah, I think you kind of nailed it. Um, I mean, I'm pretty high on Will Fuller. That's just me. Uh, right after him, those Julio, Robbie Anderson, Cortland Sutton. I think there's some concerns with all of them. So, yeah, I think that that late 20 range is where – but they all have a lot of upside. A lot of these guys here, they there's definitely – there's a chance at a dud, but you look at like Mike Williams or Devontae Smith, they could blow up. So um, it's it's a little more appealing than running backs, even though I start to get a little questionable what their floor is here. All right, so we're going to do a couple of rankings disputes because there's three players that uh, you three are wildly different on in the rankings. One of them we already talked about, and that's Brandon Ayuk. Um, just sounds like, uh, Eric, you're a lot less concerned about him getting a good workload this week against Philadelphia. Ryan, sounded like you were more concerned about that Shanahan speak. Uh, you know, if you have Brandon Ayuk, are you waiting until Sunday? Like, are you waiting to see Ryan? We'll start with you because because you're the one who has him lower. Is there is there something Shanahan could say or do this week that would get you to feel more confident about starting Ayuk? Yeah, I mean, Ayuk did practice fully today, so that's definitely got his arrow pointing up a bit. Yeah, I mean, you probably want to wait until Sunday, get as much information as you possibly can, even though it's hard to sift through exactly what's actionable and what isn't with Shanahan. But yeah, if <laughs> I mean, if he's if he's coming out after practice on like Friday and he's saying, yeah, I really like what I saw from Brandon Ayuk this week. He like, he's going to be in the lineup. Then I'm going to put him up more into like flex range. 
Okay. I uh, I feel pretty confident that's come Sunday morning that Ayuk is going to be the person we get the most questions about in the PL Plus Discord server. Um, all right. Next on the rankings dispute, Eric, you've got Will Fuller at 27. Ryan, you have Fuller at 55. Um, Eric, I you've been beating the Will Fuller drum all offseason. Um, here's your chance to do it one more time before you're proved right or wrong this week. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to stop now. He's finally in the lineup. What am I going to do? Rank him in the forties? Like, no, let's, let's go here. Um, no, I mean, like, you know, Jalen Waddle looked good last week. He scored a touchdown, had uh what about 70 yards or so. And I, I think at this stage of their career, Will Fuller is a much better receiver than Waddle. Uh, this offense is going to be a full speed here. We'll see how good these defenses are in the game. Buffalo looked really good last week, but there's also a chance this turns out to be a little bit of a shootout with Buffalo putting up points. So, you know, there's a little concern. It's his first game. Uh, hopefully he's fully incorporated into the offense, but he's kind of, you know, a big play threat anyway. So if we just hit on a couple big ones, I think Fuller pays off for you. Yeah, Jalen Waddle finished as the uh, 27th ranked wide receiver in PPR league. So exactly where you have Will Fuller ranked um, sandwiched between uh, Deontay Harris at 26 and DK Metcalf at 28. Two, two names we would fully expect to see right. in that range. Uh, a wide receiver. Um, Ryan, you've got Fuller at 55. You're basically saying you're not starting Fuller in any league. Uh, what what's the big disconnect here? Yeah, I'm not overly bullish on this game. I don't know that it is a shootout, especially after what we saw last week with Buffalo versus Pittsburgh. Uh, the Dolphins don't really want to play like fast and stretch the field as much, I don't think. And also this comes down a little bit just to philosophy, I think. like with, I like to see guys in the lineup with a full complement of snaps before I'm putting them in my starting lineup. I just think there's a chance that they bring him along a little more slowly. I think there was a blurb out today that said the Dolphins weren't really sure what his role was going to look like this week. So I'm just being cautious and waiting with Fuller. But yeah, I'm sure once he's fully incorporated into this offense, I'll be happy to rank him up in the 20s. All right. And then uh, when I pulled the fantasy pros rankings, I don't think we uh, everyone had fully taken into account that uh uh, you know, Will Fuller was playing this week because they had him at wide receiver 79. Uh, <laughs> and I, I feel like that's probably where you rank the guy if he is being suspended and missing a game uh, due to PEDs. But um, seeing, nope, he's at up to 67 now. So I think we're still waiting <laughs> to see uh, how the uh, expert, you know, consensus ranking is on Will Fuller. So as of right now, they're siding with you, Ryan. They also sided with you on Brandon Ayuk. But I, I like to think of that, Eric, you're just being more adventurous. And, mm -hmm. and we like that here. You know, we, we like being adventurous. Uh, one last uh, player to talk about is Robbie Anderson. Um, again, you know, Ryan, you're, you're the low man on a lot of these. Uh, you've got him at 54. And uh, Eric, you have him at 29. So this time, Ryan, we'll start with you. Why, uh, why are we out on Robbie Anderson? Yeah, Terrace Marshall out-targeted him. I mean, Anderson had under a 10% target share last week. I, I don't really know what to say. I don't think Sam Darnold is going to support three wide receivers, and it looks like Terrace Marshall is the number two. Maybe I'm a little overly bullish on Marshall there, but he was a great prospect coming out, and I didn't fully expect him to be this involved this early either, but I want to adjust quickly. And as far as I'm concerned, Robbie Anderson is depth at this point. Yeah, uh, target share last week for Carolina, nine targets for Christian McCaffrey uh, leading the way. That's absolutely no surprise there. And then DJ Moore with eight targets, Terrace Marshall Jr. with six, and then Robbie Anderson with three tied with Dan Arnold, uh, Sam Darnold's uh, evil twin who plays tight end. Uh, <laughs> uh, Eric, you don't seem to be as concerned about that target share for Robbie Anderson. 
again, I don't want to overreact to week one. And I mean, the narrative coming in was that, you know, he's good buddies with Sam Darnold and they're just going to click. And, you know, so I, I'm not ready to give up on Anderson having a good year. He was good last year with Teddy Bridgewater. Like I just, there's, they're going to have to put up more points against the saints than they did against the jets last week. So I'm willing to give him another shot. And he's got big playability. I mean, he showed it last week. Even on just three targets, he made a big play. So uh, I think there's too many positives here. Um, but I do. If you're stacked a receiver, you could probably get him on your bench, and I wouldn't fault you for it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you've got in the same range or, or right above him, guys like Julio Jones, Jamar Chase, uh, Cortland Sutton, and Devonte Smith right behind him. So these are these are people you very well could have on your team. Uh, maybe if you're in like a three wide receiver with a flex league, Robbie Anderson's still in that mix, but, um, in most leagues it's two wide receivers and a flex. And I mean, there's a good chance you have three players better than Robbie Anderson to start. Uh, And this is coming from the guy who was big on Robbie Anderson last year. So I just, I don't believe in Sam Darnold. Uh, just like I, I just like a existence i don't i don't know that i believe in him <laughs> he's it's not like Bigfoot. he's not real he can't hurt me anymore um all right uh let's talk about Cortland sutton uh as he had a really had a really bad week uh you want to talk about being concerned about target share uh Cortland sutton also only had three targets turned that into one reception for 14 yards but obviously the big difference is that uh jerry judy is going to miss the next at least six weeks with a high ankle sprain uh, so now Cortland Sutton is, you know, the de facto number one wide receiver in Denver. Um, you know, what are you expecting to see from Cortland Sutton? Can can fantasy managers feel a little bit better about starting him in their lineups? I think he should. I mean, he was out there for I believe he led the team in snaps at the wide receiver position last week. So, yeah, he's coming back from an injury, but he was healthy enough to be out there. They're playing Jacksonville. It's a perfect spot. I get the concern. I mean, I was kind of down on him in this season anyway, um, but it's just, it's a really good spot and they need him now. And hopefully he kind of got his legs under him after that first week. So I will be really interesting though. If Tim Patrick jumps him this week, then all of a sudden you could have a really good player on your hands with Tim Patrick or KJ Hamler, whoever, but um, no, I, I'm willing to give Sutton a chance here against a really bad Jaguars defense. Yeah. I've got Sutton ranked above Tim Patrick, but yeah, what exactly what you said, this Jaguars defense is going to absolutely bleed points to wide receivers. So I wouldn't be too worried about him. All right. And then, uh, you know, after them, we've got the Pittsburgh wide receivers and they're playing. It's like an easier matchup this week than they had last week against Buffalo. They're playing the Raiders, who, by the way, are missing quite a bit of defensive personnel, both Yannick Ngakwe and Gerald McCoy. I think McCoy's out for the season. I don't know the full status of Ngakwe's injury, but uh, it's expected that he's going to miss this week. So, uh, you know, things are looking a little bit easier for them. But you guys have Claypool and Juju both in the 30s. you know, which one are you firing up and, and, you know, with how much confidence? I've got Claypool ahead just because he's a bigger play threat and I believe in the talent. Um, it's, it's just Roethlisberger did not look very good last week and we'll see how much of that was the Bills defense. Um, but yeah, Claypool, I think there's going to be bigger plays, more touchdown potential. Juju's going to fill that Jarvis Landry kind of role and get you some decent points. But I just, I don't see a blow up here with Juju. Yeah, I agree. I'd take Claypool over Smith Schuster. And for the same exact reason, just the upsides there, he only needs one big play to make his fantasy score. So that's who I'd go with. Let's let's talk. You just mentioned Jarvis Landry. Let's talk about Jarvis Landry because he just had a big week. Um, he was the you know the main guy there. I mean, you know, only five targets, but uh, you know, with Odell Beckham out, he definitely, you know, gained from that, had a couple of great rushing plays, including that spin cycle. Like I, I got dizzy watching him getting into that end zone. Um, why are we so low now on Landry when they're playing Houston of all teams? 
I mean, because they needed the passing game last week against Kansas City. And like you said, he got five targets. He was ultra efficient in, with them and turned them into 71 yards. Um, but, you know, he easily could have gotten stopped short on that touchdown. And then, I mean, he played all or not all of last year, but a good chunk of last year without o- Odell Beckham. So it's not like this is some new thing. And he did not light the world on fire. I think he only had one game over 100 yards during that stretch. So I, I just think it's worth keeping expectations in check. I would expect a lot of Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt in this one. Um, a lot of tight end work. Uh, I just Landry's going to be solid, and he's not going to goose egg you. But I just I don't see a real exciting week here from him. Uh, you're absolutely right. Landry did only have one game above 100 receiving yards after uh, you know in the what like 10 games or so after Odell Beckham Jr.'s injury. But it was eight receptions for 143 yards. Yeah. So. And he did have those three like hurricane weeks they played in. So I mean, you can definitely yeah, make some true. excuses too, but. It's just generally, I, I think this offense is funneled through the two, two tight end sets. And Landry's just better as a complimentary receiver as opposed to a primary receiver, in my opinion. I, I almost forgot about that. Those are those are some weird weeks uh, <laughs> for the Browns. Um, all right. And then uh, who who else are you really keeping a close eye on here as we're starting to get closer to the you know sit category in wide receiver? Um, we've got like Corey Davis. We haven't talked too much about yet. Hollywood Brown. Uh, Brandon Cooks, uh, go further down the list. DJ Chark. Actually, you know what? Let's talk. Let's do this. Let's talk about the Jacksonville wide receivers because, uh, you know, there was came into the season. There's three guys. They all look kind of interesting. And I don't I don't know how interesting they look now after what we just saw in week one. Um, Ryan, how do you feel about Chark, LaVisca and Marvin Jones? I mean, there were two there, you know, Chark and Jones scored touchdowns. This had seven receptions for 50 yards, but it just it still seems a bit of a mess there. Yeah, it's really hard to separate these guys. Uh, this week, I have them ranked Chark, Jones, Chenault, back-to-back-to-back. Uh, to back to back. Chark led the, te- led the team in air yards. Jones had the most snaps, and Chenault had the most receptions because he's more in that short yardage role. Um, I would still say, like, rest of season, I'm into Visca the most. I think he, if given the opportunity, could also start to work down the field, but that would probably take like a DJ Chark injury for that to happen. So that's where I'm at on the Jacksonville receivers. Uh, Eric, what about you? I mean, does it concern you that Chark only caught three passes out of 12 targets? Yeah. I mean, that's why I have LaVisca first because I'm at least fairly confident he's going to catch four, five, six balls and be involved in the game plan. Chark. I mean, I think he's pretty big play dependent. And then Marvin Jones really like bailed out anyone who played him very late in garbage time, which Jacksonville's probably gonna have a lot of garbage time, so that might happen. But um, yeah, I, I still have hope, like I said, just because it's Trevor Lawrence. I don't think they're gonna win a lot of games, but I think there's production here. It's just a tough matchup against Denver. This is not the one for them to break out. So LaVisca, Chark, Jones, better days ahead, but uh, they're all like 39 and lower for me. All right. And then what about, let's talk about some of these like young wide receivers that we've been keeping a close eye on some of whom we drafted, some of whom uh, we've been picking up and that's uh, Marquez Calloway, Darnell Mooney, Tim Patrick, Rondale Moore, and Jalen Waddle. Um, all of them are, are outside of your top 40. So these are guys that you're not really dying to start, but wh- who are you most excited f- uh, about from that group? Uh, again, that's Marquez Calloway, Darnell Mooney, Tim Patrick, Rondale Moore, and Jalen Waddle. I'm excited about Mooney this week, and I am, I've am i never been one of the Mooney truthers out there. So um, I think he's got a really nice spot here against the Bengals. I mentioned how their secondary corners are way worse than you know the primary corner. Uh, maybe we can get some Eli Apple on Darnell Mooney here. And he saw a ton of snaps last week. Um, he still saw a healthy amount of targets, even though it didn't turn into a lot. He had seven targets, five catches, 26 yards. I know it's Dalton, but 
Um, I, I think he, Mooney could really surprise this week against the Bengals at home, break a big play or two, and all of a sudden, you know, the the Mooney truthers are back out on Twitter. But um, no, I, I like Callaway too, getting a, a shot at you know a team other than uh, the Packers and a, not a weird game script. But uh, Mooney is kind of like my dark horse of the week. Yeah, that was pretty funny watching the the Vikings just pick on uh, Eli Apple all all game long to the tune of, by the way, nine receptions, ninety two yards, and two touchdowns for Adam Thielen. So did you, uh, did you see what KJ Osborne did? He had like I think what seven catches on nine targets or something. Yeah, on, and seventy six <laughs> yards. So uh, Darnell Mooney's in a good spot this week. Uh, is a good, nice, uh, up, high upside play as a flex. Um, Ryan, out of that group, who are you most excited in terms of you know either starting or just like keeping a very close eye on? Yeah, so for the rest of the year, I'm keeping a close eye on Rondale Moore. Uh, He was one of the most productive college freshmen of all time, and he just walked in week one and was immediately a part of the offense and put up a respectable fantasy score. So he's someone I'm watching. I think he can eventually displace Christian Kirk from the slot, and this is an offense that we want pieces of if last week is anything to go by. I mean, we've both got Kyler Murray ranked among our top quarterbacks and that'll be the case for the rest of the year. So yeah, I give me all the Rondale more I can get. All right. Uh, is there any wide receivers we didn't talk about that you want to make sure to touch on, um, you know, towards like maybe the back end of your rankings? Uh, I, I mean, we have to talk about Brian Edwards, right? Like <laughs> I, w- I was going to bring him up after if you didn't. So yes, we do have to talk about Brian Edwards. Yeah, I mean, what what can I say when when they needed a big play at the end of that game, li- literally the very end of that game with like 30 seconds left, they were just forcing it to Brian Edwards down the field to set up the to set up the tying score and even in overtime, he got a touchdown called back that would have won the game. But yeah, I mean, he had done basically nothing until 30 seconds were left in regulation. But he's someone I'm keeping an eye on. If he was on your waiver wire, you should go grab him right now. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what else to say. Brian Edwards had one of the youngest breakout ages of any college wide receiver ever. He was drafted in the third round last year, kind of had a face plant season. We don't love to see that, but he's someone that needs to be rostered going forward. And I mean, he outplayed Henry Ruggs like he wasn't dropping balls left and right. So <laughs> let's see what happens. Can I, I just want to say I, I, as someone who doesn't evaluate college talent, so I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and say that the Raiders are wrong for picking rugs ahead of CD lamb and Jerry Judy, but watching that game on Monday, what, what did the Raiders see in rugs ahead of CD lamb and Jerry Judy? I'm not, I'm not I, sure. I can tell you exactly what it is. It's, it's two things. It's number one is the Alabama helmet. There's you always pay an Alabama tax in uh-huh. the NFL draft. And number two is the 40 yard dash time. I, there's certain franchises that are just super in love with really fast, small receivers and the Raiders are one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Al Davis, you know, may he rest in peace. He still has a, you know, his, his influence over this franchise. Um, there's one other player that we do need to talk about. Uh, we're going to do rankings dispute the other way. Um, and that is Ryan, you have Tyler Boyd at wide receiver 32 and Eric, you have him outside your top 48. So, um, Eric, you get to be the negative one for once, and especially on your own player. Why are we sitting Tyler Boyd this week? I still expect road game against a decent pass rush. The Bengals only had 27 passing attempts last week. I just I think they're going to ease Burrow back in. 
Um, they kind of found a formula that worked last week. I think they're going to stick with it against a Bears team that I just I think that game flow is going to kind of match theirs. It's going to be a little slower paced. And I just think Chase and Hig, Hig, uh, T. Higgins are better players. So um, that's why he's, he's third for me. Until I see this offense fully open up and go like empty backfield like they did last year, it's just going to affect Boyd the most without big play potential and without um, red zone looks as much. So he, he's still someone you can throw in your flex. I'm just not super excited about starting him this week. Uh, uh, Ryan, why are you excited about starting him? Uh, excited might be a strong word. I, I would still start guys like Hollywood Brown or Brandon Cooks over him. Um, but I mean, you got you got to give him a mulligan a little bit here. Like he was commanding targets last year. We saw he's not like he didn't suddenly get bad. Like I I I know that Chase is here now. The target shares are going to be different, but. I don't want to super overreact here because he's somebody that has shown fairly dependable production out of the slot for multiple years in a row. I don't, I don't want to get down on him too quickly. Also, can we, I mean, Eric, can we expect uh, Joe Mixon to run the ball 29 times? Um, you know, I, I just feel like there weren't, what, what did Burrow have like 27 pass attempts? I feel like there's going to be more pass attempts in, in moving forward. And that would probably mean more of that, you know, uh, slot receiver target reception, which, which is so valuable in PPR. I, yeah. I mean, it's going to gradually ramp up. So I'm not saying this is the rest of the year, but I mean, Burrow was like limping around a little bit at one point last week, he got sacked five times. Like I, I they've got to protect them and they were doing more under center play action type stuff. I just, I think it's going to be a little bit of a different offense here for a few weeks, especially if they can just grind out a win against maybe a, a bad Bears offense. Like, I, I think they'll do it if they can. All right. Um, let's do some flex quick hitters. Uh, just who would you start in your flex? Uh, Cortland Sutton or uh, Melvin Gordon the third? Um, I will take – <laughs> that's, a, that's a good one. Um, give me Melvin Gordon for the touchdown. Uh, I hate it already. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, yeah, I'll go with Cortland Sutton, but I also hate it already. <laughs> okay, well, that's so you guys went opposite sides of there. It's a coin flip uh, between those two Denver yeah. players. Um, let's go with another one. You're definitely going to hate James Robinson or Brandon Ayuk. I'm going with Ayuk, and, and this is definitely one to monitor. But Ayuk. Yeah, it's, it's hard to say right now as we stand, but I guess I'd go Ayuk. Okay. Uh, Juju or Elijah Mitchell? Give me Elijah Mitchell for the upside. Same. Elijah Mitchell. You you just have to assume that he'll be, he'll be out there. All right. Tyson Williams or any of the Jacksonville wide receivers? Uh, I think I'll go Tyson there. Uh, if you'd asked me two hours ago, I'd have gone Tyson, but that last blur yeah. got me a little scared. So I'd go with any Jacksonville receiver. Okay. Uh, and then lastly, a couple of guys we might be excited about, uh, Damian Harris or Antonio Brown. Actually, let's make that uh, – no, I think I did Kareem Hunt and Antonio Brown already. So, yeah, we'll stick with Damian Harris and, and Antonio Brown. I like Antonio just because there's no pass catching there for Damian. So, give me Antonio. Yeah, I think Antonio Brown for the upside. If you were in a standard league, would you go the other way? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, cool. Let's talk about quarterback. Uh, quarterback is I, this is pretty chalk this week. I feel like it was pretty like I you look at the top like thirteen guys, and it's all the guys that were being drafted as top thirteen. It's it's you know Kyler Murray, Mahomes, Wilson, Josh Allen. It's like everyone, everyone that was being drafted 
is is being started. There was no really surprises. The first time you see someone uh, that steps into there, it wasn't being drafted as Jameis Winston at quarterback 13. So if you're a team that you weren't able to get one of the main drafted quarterbacks, just for whatever reason, someone else decided they wanted to roster both. I don't know. I mean, I've, I've seen teams with like Ryan Tannehill behind Kyler Murray and I'm just <laughs> like, okay, sure. Uh, you know, Jameis Winston's probably the best of the group of, of guys beyond that. Yeah. I mean, I like James's matched up against Carolina, but I also like Baker against Houston, you know, cousins against Arizona, uh, Bridgewater against Jacksonville. So I think there's a top 17 this week. It's pretty solid. You should be able to find someone on your wire. If you, uh, I don't even know, aren't all these quarterbacks good right now? I'm not sure who you would have missed on who you drafted. I have the drafted quarterbacks. They've all been playing well. Like, so I don't even know who's out there looking at the waiver wire for quarterbacks. I think that's more of like, you know, there's a lot of home leagues out there where, where you say, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to wait on quarterback and get, you know, I'll just get the last guy. And then you realize that um, three other teams already doubled up on quarterback and they have Justin Herbert and Jalen hurts or, you know, Josh Allen and Matthew Stafford for some reason that that does happen in some of these home leagues. So you could be playing in a 12 team league where the best, you know, there's 16 quarterbacks rostered. Um, or something like that I feel like that's very common um, so for you Eric that's a, a top 17 the guys after the the top 12 Jameis Winston Baker Mayfield Kirk Cousins Joe Burrow and Teddy Bridgewater uh, Brian are there any any names in there that you disagree with as being someone uh, worth starting and, and do you have anyone else that should be in that range yeah no I feel good about all those uh, the only one I would also throw in is Matt Ryan I know we're probably not feeling great after what we saw from the Falcons last week but they they only threw 35 times even in that blowout like that that can't happen again right unless this coaching is just so incompetent uh yeah i mean that's actually interesting so we're very excited to see arthur smith in atlanta they threw the ball i think it was 53% of the time this week that hardly happened last year is that a concern like from a from a real life perspective it also didn't look good against philadelphia but like especially from a fantasy perspective are we now concerned about arthur smith running the offense there in in atlanta yeah i mean it is a concern i'm hoping it was just a, a stinker of a week one performance with a new staff and you know um, i mean I, matt ryan has struggled to learn new offenses before so hopefully that's what this is because uh it was really ugly i was i, I was high on arthur smith's coming to the season but um, it's got to get better real quick or we're going to be in trouble here. And uh, as far as starting Matt Ryan, I've just been hurt by him too many times. I'm uh, I'm done until uh, he gives me plenty of reason to get back on. All right. So that's that's quarterback. Um, and then again, we had uh, uh, Teddy Bridgewater, Jared Goff listed as guys that are probably available in your league that you can stream if you're really in a tight place, um, especially, for example, teams that might have started Trevor Lawrence. Or two, uh, um, I know you have them both ranked, Bridgewater and, and Golf both ranked ahead of those guys. Ryan, um, Eric, it looks like you'd still rather start Trevor Lawrence over – actually, you'd still start both Trevor or Tua over Golf, but you'd have Bridgewater over both of them. Yeah, I mean, Trevor's, Trevor's just for the talent, for the rushing ability, for the insane volume when they're losing by 30 points. So that's why I have Trevor ahead of a lot of those other quarterbacks. All right. I mean, they may not be losing by 30 to Denver, but uh, <laughs> it's, you know, it, it's still going to be an uphill battle for them. I think with the way Denver uh, played in week one, uh, they showed they can beat up on bad teams. All right. And then tight end. Uh, I think really the, the biggest faller this week at tight end was Kyle Pitts. Um, he's now down at tight end 10 for you, uh, Eric. Now, Ryan, you were down on Kyle Pitts in draft season and you still have him at tight end six. So uh, clearly a little bit more of a, uh, of a mulligan there for week one for you, Ryan. Yeah, I mean, he tied Ridley for the lead in targets. He had 33% of his team's air yards. The problem was that passing pie just wasn't very big. 
So like we said, if we hopefully see a bit of a shift in offensive philosophy here, then I would still feel decent about Pitts. Like his peripheral numbers are up there, like in that middle tight end tier, maybe even a little better than a mid tier tight end. So I'll rank him at six. This should be a high scoring game. After this, though, especially if the Falcons are going to throw it less than 40 times and get blown out by multiple scores again, then then I'm going to be dropping these guys in the ranks pretty heavily. Uh, Eric, you're a little bit more concerned about Kyle Pitts right away. I'm still high on him rest of the season. I'm just backing off this Falcons team this week. I'm just like, hey, let, I don't want to deal with it this week. I mean, still, I'd be starting him if I have him. But um, Tampa Bay, if they can get after Matt Ryan, Ryan was on the ground a lot last week. Uh, that just concerns me. So let, let me see Atlanta stabilize here before I rank anyone too high. Well, some of the some of the tight ends that were added in a lot of leagues were uh, Rob Gronkowski and Jared Cook. Uh, would you rank either of those guys above Kyle Pitts? Uh, I've got Gronk above him just for the pure touchdown potential against the Falcons. So yeah, give me Gronk. Um, you, who was the other one? Sorry. Uh, Jared Cook. No, I have Cook behind him still. There's The volume's too good for Pitts to to put Cook above him, in my opinion. Uh, Ryan, what about you? Uh, I've still got Pitts ahead of both of them. I mean, yeah, it's nice to see that two touchdown performance from Gronk, but I don't know that we can always count on it. I mean, I've I've still got him. You're still starting Gronk if you have him more than likely, but yeah. All right, and then in in Yahoo leagues, there's 12 tight ends who are being rostered in over 90% of leagues, so it's a pretty clear top 12, and it's also the guys that you both have as your top 12 uh, tight ends this week. So uh, pretty again, we're still pretty chalk at this position at least. And by the way, that's uh, Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller, Hawkinson, Kittle, Andrews, Logan Thomas, Noah Fant, Tyler Higby, Gronk, Pitts, and Tunyon, who um, – I mean, I know you guys, we weren't concerned about Aaron Jones. We weren't concerned about Devonte Adams, Robert Tunyon, two receptions on four targets, eight yards. I, you really confident in just firing him up again for another week. I mean, you could say that about every single person on the Packers though. So, I mean, I just, I want to see them in a normal game and they're playing the lions who gave up a ton of points to the 49ers. So I, he, I, I think he's got a shot at a touchdown and that's when you're a tight end 11. That's what you're looking for. Yeah, Tunyon has always lived off of touchdowns, so I'm not really that concerned that he only had four targets. Like, the Packers are going to score touchdowns this year. Of that, I'm pretty confident, so Tunyon's going to get at least a few of them. All right, and then of the tight ends that are, you know, rostered in over, you know, 50% of leagues, we still have Mike Gesicki, the New England tight ends, and Gerald Everett. Um, You guys are both lower on Gesicki. Uh, Eric, you have him at 14. Ryan, you have him all the way down at tight end 24. So we're really, I mean if you're one of those teams that you didn't get one of these top 12 guys because someone else drafted two tight ends and you ended up with Mike Kosicki, you're both looking for someone else to start over him. I mean, he only saw 21 snaps last week. They played a whole bunch of tight ends. Durham Smythe led the way. So um, he's another one. I want to see it before I put him back in my lineup. So um, yeah, I mean, I still have him 14, you know, he's got potential, he's got talent, but I'm hoping I can get someone like Jared cook off waivers if possible. Yeah, I'm worried about Kasiki too. I've been down on him all offseason, really. But yeah, Hunter Long was in there stealing snaps as well. I just don't think they see him as a significant part of their offense, especially with Fuller coming back. 
guys, it, it, it's okay. You don't have to make up names to make your point. Okay. We all know there's no Hunter <laughs> Longs or Durham Smythes. Okay. That's there. Boston uh-huh. College's finest, Hunter Long. Okay. Hunter, Hunter Long grew up like 30 minutes from me. I, I'm a huh. big Hunter Long fan. Hunter Long sounds like a center that I've never heard of, but was like pretty <laughs> solid for, for 10 years. There's um, also a Seathan Carter getting snaps. So. No, no, that's, that's not it. That's definitely not a real name, Eric. You can't, you can't just open a name generator and just go from there. Uh, with with tight end, Jared Cook's available in 67% of Yahoo leagues. This is a good chance he's available in your league if you have uh, Gasicki or if you you know got one of the New England tight ends in Johnny Smith or Hunter Henry. Um, we'd have Jared Cook. We both have uh, uh, Eric and Ryan both have Jared Cook above all of those guys. So Jared Cook, probably the play if you're stuck. Um, Jawan Johnson's rostered in 35% of leagues. What, what roster ship percentage should Jawan Johnson have? I, I just don't see rostering them unless you're going to roster two tight ends and put them on the bench. I, like everything Ryan said earlier, the, the snaps weren't there. Uh, you're just chasing that hot red zone streak, but Troutman played ahead of him. So, um, yeah, I mean, 30 percent's right, but I, I would have them on zero percent of my teams. Can, can I just say people are making such a big deal about his dual eligibility, but it's like it's because he's available at wide receiver. Like, is there a less interesting position to have as your second? thing than wide receiver like it's oh cool i can play a tight end in a wide receiver like no one it's only because no one else has it no one's actually thinking about what it actually means yeah. uh it'd be different if he was a wide receiver that had tight end eligibility that's not the case uh one last question about tight end sorry i just that really just bugged me uh <laughs> which of the under 50 percent rostered guys are you keeping a close eye on this week that you think uh might be the the number one added tight end on waivers next week so that's you know austin hooper cole Komet. we'll say jared cook again uh, maybe Blake Jarwin or Dalton Schultz. Wh- which of those guys are you keeping a close eye on? I'm, I've moved on from Hooper because it seems like Njoku took over for him last week. Um, so that's concerning. Uh, I think it's probably these Cowboy tight ends. I'm worried that they're just going to eat into each other's work all year. But if Schultz gets the volume he did last week with Gallup hurt, I, I think Schultz is awfully interesting. Yeah, I was going to say Adam Troutman, but then you didn't include him in the options. So of, of the tight yeah, ends, yeah, that's yeah. fine. That's totally fine. Sure. Adam Troutman. Yeah, I'll say Adam Troutman. I'm, six targets, 51 snaps. Everyone's focused on Jawan Johnson. It feels like he could possibly be the one we're chasing next week if he gets the two touchdowns. So, yeah. And if you told me that uh, Fields was starting next week, then Cole Komet would be right there. But just with Dalton, nah. Fields is not starting. <laughs> It's not happening. Uh, and, and Ryan, that's totally fine. You know, at any point, you know, I list out all these names. You can just call me out for being a bad host and just say, hey, <laughs> you didn't even name my guy. Uh, all right. Last thing we got to touch on, that's defenses. Um, what is one of the top defenses that you are sitting this week? Um, you know, uh, uh, we're not sitting the Rams or Tampa Bay against their opponents, but um, are you possibly sitting? Man, they're all playing bad offenses this week. Uh, you tell me, who are you possibly? Are you sitting Baltimore against Kansas City? Like, who, yeah. who might you be sitting? That's who I was going to go to. I would try to find ways to not play a defense against Patrick Mahomes. He doesn't turn it over much. He doesn't get sacked a lot. So, uh, yeah, if I could get someone like, you know, the, maybe the Giants against Washington, uh, Browns, I don't know what their roster ship percentages are, but I would be looking to replace Baltimore if possible. Uh, Browns are rostered in 85% of leagues. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. You really don't want to play Baltimore. Kansas City's implied 30 points. You don't want a defense against Patrick Mahomes in your starting lineup. I would play Green Bay over them, like I mentioned earlier, and I'd also play Chicago over them. They're home favorites against Cincinnati. I know their defense didn't look great, but they're in a way better situation than Baltimore is this week. 
Yeah. Much different offense that Chicago is facing this week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm interested to see if this Ravens defense, I mean, they're always so deep and stacked that like they're probably going to be good, but they did lose Marcus Peters for the year. Uh, we'll see if they've, they've dropped down a little tier or not this year. So, uh, you know, a lot of times with these defenses, you know, the Ravens were uh, one of the first defenses drafted in leagues. Uh, people may not want to drop them um to play a different defense for the week um let me look ahead at their schedule coming up yeah i mean after kansas city they've got detroit denver indianapolis so three pretty easy matchups um would you would you you know keep baltimore on your bench and maybe drop someone else or are you okay dropping baltimore i mean that that is a nice schedule afterwards i'd almost rather just bite the bolt and play him against the chiefs honestly but um this is kind of why i usually draft a kicker first because i'd rather be able to just hang on to a good kicker and just bail on my defense as soon as they have a tough matchup so um but i don't know you could start them and maybe get six points out of them and be fine yeah i agree you really don't want to be rostering two defenses because you're dropping players that at other positions that are more valuable that have upside so if yeah i guess if you have to and it's like a five bench spot league you're playing baltimore which doesn't feel good but yeah you probably want them for the rest of the season would you would you drop Jawan Johnson for a defense for a second defense? <laughs> I would drop Jawan Johnson for a second defense. Yes. No. All right, fantastic. So all the the tens of thousands of people who picked up Jawan Johnson out there, um, you can drop him if you have Baltimore as your as your defense. Uh, let's see. Yeah, two hundred and ten thousand people added Jawan Johnson in Yahoo. So uh, for those of you out there who also have Baltimore as your defense, uh, and if you don't already have a second defense on your roster. Uh, you can drop John Johnson and, and get yourself a better defense. Uh, but that's going to do it uh, for us this week. Again, uh, I know we don't get to touch on every single player. There's a lot of players to talk about. Uh, go to our website, qblist.com. The number one article you'll see the right there, right up at the front, will be our sit-start article where we talk about every single game and every single player, even even the ones that we don't want to talk about on the podcast. They, they, they have to in the article. So you'll see something about your players. Uh, definitely go check that out. And, uh, you know, Eric will... We'll be back on Sunday for what we saw.